from the Pro Voice Guy Studios in San Antonio, Texas. Welcome to the Pro Voice Guy Podcast. My name's Will Rice, and today I will continue my series on the features of podcasting hosts. And today we're going to be covering a topic that doesn't sound especially exciting, but may be important for the success of your podcast, analytics. But before I get to that, I'm going to offer five things to think about before you start your own podcast. Pro Voice Guy Podcast, the podcast about podcasts, plus a few extras about audio, social media, marketing tech, and other stuff. I started my own podcast to help better understand uh, the podcasting industry. I produce professional podcast intros and outros every day, and I felt like I could do a better job if I appreciated all the dimensions of podcasting. And I have learned a lot along the way. From my own experience and mistakes, here we go. Five tips I wish someone had shared with me. Number one, count the costs of podcasting. Really, understand how much time you are going to need to produce your podcast and make sure you're really ready. However long you think it's going to take you to create each episode of your podcast, I promise you it'll take like at least twice that. Definitely much longer than you expect, especially when you're just starting out. The intended complexity and quality of your podcast will determine precisely how much longer it will take for each show. Now, if you just plan on flipping on a recorder and talking about whatever is on your mind for 30 minutes and then uploading it, maybe you can get it done in an hour. However, if you want a really great sounding podcast that will keep listeners coming back for more, you're going to have to invest more time. Now, depending on what type of program, here are a whole bunch of things that might demand your time that maybe you haven't thought about yet. Determining content, scripting, setting up interviews, cutting vocal tracks, editing, adding music, processing, encoding, uploading, labeling, writing and formatting show notes. Oh, and don't forget, if you want listeners, you're going to need to spend time promoting your podcast. Now, I don't write this to discourage you. It's, in fact, just the opposite. I see out there way too many abandoned podcasts, right? People start out with the very best intentions and they get two or maybe three done and then they quit. And usually it's because it just takes too much time. Here's the good news. If you consider the time involved up front, plan accordingly and stick with it, you'll find that the process gets faster over time. Number two. Develop a podcasting workflow. Creating a workflow for your podcast can save you time while creating each episode. Now, I know this is counter to just how some people work. Some of us just like to get started and see what happens. But you can save yourself a ton of time and frustration if you figure out all the steps that go into creating an episode and you write them down. Because now you have a map of your process to follow every time. And... As you start producing more and more episodes, you can find ways to make things more efficient, quicker, and adjust your workflow accordingly. For instance, let me give you an example. So I create custom artwork for each show. It isn't that complicated. I have a logo for the show, and I just change the episode number. So the Pro Voice Guy podcast, episode five. It took me a couple of shows to realize that it would be a whole lot faster to create a bunch of those at the same time. Since all that changes is the episode number, and I can count so I know what the next 10 of them are going to be, I can make 10 of those uh, pieces of artwork in about the same time it takes me to make 
one. So I just knock out 10 of them, get them saved, and I don't have to worry about that. Another example of workflow is the episode description. I used to remember to write the episode description just as I was uploading the show and needed to put it in there. And, and I realized it's much easier to write the episode description while I'm scripting the show. It's just real quick to go, well, what is this about? Let me type that up. And then when I go to upload the show, I can just cut and paste. Now, I am actually working on a form or maybe a set of forms for all this, a template, and I'll be glad to share that with you when it's done. Number three, get a pop filter. Really, just order one. My studio is a setup for voiceover work, uh, and I was doing that before I decided to start podcasting, and I didn't have a pop filter because I don't use it when I'm cutting commercials, promos, and narrations. If I'm working from a script, I have done this for so long uh, that I can usually avoid popping peas and making loud breath sounds. However, voicing a podcast is a whole nother animal. It's more like live radio. When I was in live radio, I always had a big old filter on the microphone because when you're talking for a longer period of time and you're not using a script, it makes it hard for even a pro to avoid the occasional unintended microphone sound. Getting a pop filter up front and practicing with it will save you a ton of frustration because there is nothing worse than having to go back and recut a perfectly good section, maybe even just a great section, just because it was ruined by the loud thump of an overenthusiastic P sound. Number four, choose your podcasting host wisely. In this series of my podcast and also on my blog, I've been talking about podcast hosts and the features that they offer. Now, before you launch, it is a really good idea to find a host that has all of the features and options that you're going to be needing now and into the foreseeable future. Yes, you can switch hosts. <laughs> Leave it to me. I've already switched hosts twice. However, it is a pain and it becomes more painful the more subscribers that you have. In changing from one host to another, you need to make adjustments in the settings uh, of your syndication, the way that your show gets to iTunes and Google Podcasts and other aggregators. And often that works just fine, but when it doesn't, it's pretty easy to lose subscribers. Number five, produce at least a couple of podcast episodes before you launch. I really wish I had uh, done this. Uh, create a few episodes of your podcast and just hold on to them before launching. From a technical perspective, your second show will likely be easier to do than your first one. But from a content perspective, you may find that it's much harder. I, I like to think that everyone has one good podcast in them. But sometimes after that first, it actually becomes harder for some folks to figure out what to talk about next. Get through that second show, and I recommend that third show before you start publishing and telling the whole world. There's another advantage to waiting. If someone finds your show and listens to the first episode and they love it, have something else for them to listen to. Don't make them wait. They might forget about you. Get those listeners while you have their attention. If they stick around for two episodes or three episodes, they're very likely to subscribe or follow you. There's even one more reason to launch with multiple episodes. Rankings. If you're really hoping to make a splash with your podcast and maybe find yourself on something like uh, Apple's new and noteworthy podcast, well, here's how you're going to get there. 
more plays of your podcast. So the more plays, the better. If you have one episode, you're only going to get one play per listener. If you have three, that one listener might listen to all three of them. You're multiplying three plays for each listener, and that could get you more overall listens, and that could get you on the charts. All right, that's what I've learned so far on this journey, on my experience, my mistakes, and I hope that will help you in creating an amazing podcast. But now let's get on to the really fun stuff, analytics. You may be among the 1% of podcasters who don't care if anyone is listening to your latest episode. If you are, good for you. The rest of us, however, want to know how many people are listening because we're human. And we want to know when they're listening and which episode they're listening to and where they are when they're listening. And we can find that out with analytics. Analytics, uh, sometimes referred to as insights and some other names are out there too, but they're, it's simply information about who is listening to your podcast. Now, some of the details, depending on the provider, may include the total number of listeners, both uh, streaming and downloads, a geographic location where they're listening from, the device, what they're listening on. Are they on a computer? Are they on a phone? How are they listening? And then how people listen, how they, they found your podcast. Was it iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or one of the other services? So why are analytics important when starting a podcast? Well, as a brand new podcaster, these analytics can be valuable because they will show you that people are actually listening. That's going to maybe help you keep going. But they can also be quite discouraging because unless you already have an online reputation, such as a significant social media following or a ton of friends or you're related to somebody really, really rich or you're a Batman, your initial listenership may be quite low. It may be you. Now, I, I hope that won't discourage you. It's not meant to. It's just part of the process. For most podcasts, it takes a few episodes for a show to begin to get established. Once people start discovering your podcast, the good news is they can always go back to the beginning and start listening from there. But once your show starts gaining listeners, which it's going to do, it's going to be great, this data can help you continue to grow your podcast. You see, knowing stuff like the geographical region people are listening from can help you tailor content to your audience. Think about it. If you start your podcast and uh, you really think that uh, people from New York are going to listen to it, but then you find out that people in Dubai are listening to it in droves, you might rethink a little bit. Well, how can I better cater to the people in Dubai or how do I really now get those New York listeners? An understanding of traffic sources can also support your continued promotional efforts. Knowing which episode got more listeners might help you consider what topics to connect best with your audience. All sorts of great stuff that you can get from analytics. So, how do you choose the best host for analytics? It's essential when choosing the platform for your podcast hosting to understand what they offer. Some hosting sites provide different levels of analytics depending on the package that you select. So there may be an ability to upgrade your analytics along the way. On my blog at ProVoiceGuy.net, I review the analytics offered by some of the top podcasting hosts, including Anchor, Blueberry, Libsyn, Buzzsprout. And I use some of their uh, marketing language, but try to annotate it to make it a little bit clearer. I hope that'll kind of lay out for you 
what is offered because it's very different from host to host. But even if you read that before making a decision, I highly recommend that you go to the website of those providers and really dig in to their offerings in terms of analytics because this can be really important. Now let's talk real briefly about third-party analytics. If you want more information about your podcast listenership than your host can provide, there are third-party applications that'll track your analytics for you. PodTrack currently promotes itself as the industry leader for this segment. Now, the great thing about uh, their service is it's free. However, you need to make sure that your podcasting host supports third-party measurement prefixes. It's another thing to look at when you're looking at your podcasting host. If you like the host, but you want more meaty analytics, then maybe you're going to go with PodTrack, but you're going to need your host to support third-party measurement prefixes. Currently, Libsyn, SoundCloud, Squarespace, and Blurberry support this. If your host does not support this, there are workarounds, but things get more complicated. If you're just starting out or you're just thinking about starting out, a lot of this information may not seem necessary. You'll likely only be interested in how many people are listening. However, remember that you're hoping that your show is going to grow and more people are going to listen. And when it does, it may be extremely helpful to have more information and you don't want to get caught needing to switch hosts midstream for no other reason than it's a hassle. It's possible, but it's difficult. And as I said before, you could lose some of your subscribers along the way. Again, these details might not mean much to you now, but they very well may in the future. Try to choose a host that will grow with your podcast. Well, that's it for today. Pro Voice Guy Podcast is produced by me, Will Rice, in my studio here in San Antonio, Texas. The show is produced on a Mac using Adobe Audition software. You can read more about the things I discussed on today's episode on my website at provoiceguy.net. Of course, if you're in the market for a podcast intro or outro, or you want a voiceover for your YouTube channel, commercial, corporate video, or just about anything else, I guess, check out the website or find me on Upwork, Fiverr, or Freelancer.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, or go to www.anchor.fm forward slash ProVoiceGuy. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ProVoiceGuy. Talk to you next time. <laughs>